Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Cindy Spiegel. She's about to get a little crazy up in here. So (laughs) I'm just warning you, if you need to make arrangements, the F-bomb has been thrown down. This is an explicit podcast, but this one in particular has a few things going on. So just warning you, but just know that we are going to cover some awesome stuff. It's a little bit hard to talk about, but something I think is very necessary. We met Cindy last year at a conference and she just blew our socks off. I think she made Emily cry and Emily is not as much of a crier as I am. Actually, I don't know if that's true anymore. No, I cry all the damn time. Something about this baby is just making me cry everywhere. Sob city. Mm -hmm. So Cindy's awesome. What are you going to learn? Yeah, we are talking about some hard stuff today, but I think stuff that's really needed. Cindy dropped some truth bombs and we're really excited for you to hear them. We talk a lot about today about how we treat women in the online world and as small business owners, how we can take criticism better, how we can give criticism better. Cindy shares her don't shouldn't on yourself philosophy, ideas for some collaborations and how to make those go well, how to deal with negative Nancys, and really just what to kind of get into the mindset in dealing with you know, bad emails and bad comments and negative energy and all of that stuff. I think we're talking a lot about today about how to own your own emotions and take control of those things. And that helps so tremendously when we work from home by ourselves and we're running these business by ourselves. And so she gives some very, very good tips on how to do this and how to get into some really good mindsets. So we're excited. Maybe grab some tissue. It might kind of open up some stuff inside that you didn't know was there. Grab a notebook, get your socks on. We're super excited to get started. Today on the podcast, we have Cindy Spiegel. I am so excited to have you here today. I'm excited to be here, you guys. This is a big deal. This is Yeah, it is a big deal. It's going to be awesome. I know you've built an incredible business that's surrounded by a tribe of women that wholeheartedly support each other. How have you been able to build that foundation when I don't think that's necessarily the norm in the online industry? 
Yeah, I think first and foremost is authenticity, right? And that's such a bullshit word that gets thrown around very loosely. And I have to tell you, it's something that I believe in through and through long before I started my business. I think when you're building a tribe, whatever that tribe looks like, you really have to be honest with your people. And honesty doesn't mean perfection. And I think oftentimes what we see in the online world is perfection. We don't relate to that. So though that's aspirational for a little while, it only gets us so far. And I think that's really how I've been able to grow what I've grown. So what are the actual ways that you're able to keep that vibe of women supporting other women, honesty, authenticity? Is it in how you speak to your clients? Is it wordage that you have on your website? What are the actual ways you see helpful in doing that? That is such a good question because honestly, it's through and through. You can't do it halfway. You can't do anything in your business halfway. So the language that I use on my website, the language that I use on social media is the exact same way that I'm speaking to you guys right now. I drop the F-bomb all the time. I swear in my social media. I also happen to swear in real life, right? So what that means, the reason I bring up swearing or cursing or whatever the kids call it these days is because that's that authenticity piece and that's the part that people relate to. And I think there's a real miss sometimes with who people are in real life and who you know them to be on social media, right? And so you're either going to know that you are my people or you're not right away because you're going to say, I'm not into that kind of language. She's not my people. Or you're going to say, I am into this. I'm going to stick around and listen. And when you meet me in person, I'm going to be the exact same person. Oftentimes, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you guys, but you follow someone on social media, you go to a conference and you meet them and you're like, holy fuck, is that even the same person? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wah, wah. Right? <laughs> so that's part yep. of it is the consistency that you're having across all of your platforms. But it's also the way in which I speak to the women that I work with. And I think when you set the tone or the foundation of your business a certain way that carries through. Meaning if that's something that I believe in, it's my job to talk about that often. It's my job to talk about how women can support each other. And I do that not just on my social media platforms, but also in real life. Also when I meet women like you guys at conferences. So it's really important that you walk the walk. I like it. Well, and you also talked to us about a way that you actually include in the language of women coming into one of your programs of how you expect the tone to be laid out. So talk to us a little bit about that conversation and if you think it's been helpful and why you think that that's super important to have and and is it weird to have and how does that conversation go with your students? Talk to me a little bit more. What do you mean by this conversation? Yeah, when we spoke earlier, I think you had referenced talking to the ladies who joined the collective and the behavior you expect from them and why you expect that. So is that in a PDF? Is it in a phone call? Where is that shown and how is it talked about? So that's talked about on the collective's website, but it's also, and thank you for reminding exactly what you were getting at. Yeah. (laughs) But also it's when I interview the women that are joining the collective, it's also in the application that they fill out. And one of the things that's really important for me, you know, rock on if you want to be successful for yourself, I want you to be, but you also as a member of the collective or as a member of anyone that's in what I consider my community, you have to be willing to help others thrive. This is not just about you. And especially as a small business, it's really important that you find a tribe that wants success, but also that is happy to support and uplift each other. And that's not a conversation that I find uncomfortable to have at all because I know right away by your response if you're either a part of that mindset or you're not. And not everybody is and that's okay, but they're not my people. I love it. So let's get real for a minute because I think you know what I'm about to say, but I think we as women go into this world and we start viewing other women as competition. Like they automatically become someone we think of and we want them to fail. So let's talk about why we have this innate thing within us and then 
let's get real about it. And like, yeah, what can we do to combat that? Okay. Yeah. No, this is good, sister. This is a good question. So here's the thing about women and failure. And I talk a lot about this when I do public speaking events. We as women are raised differently than men are raised, right? Little boys are taught competition, healthy competition. They play games together. They play baseball. One team wins, the other team loses, and they still shake hands at the end, right? And this leads into adulthood. They might play a sport together and they go out for drinks afterwards. Women, we don't do that shit. You know, when somebody wins, that automatically means somebody has to lose. And you guys know Tasha Blank and her hashtag. Her. Yeah, she's pretty awesome. And her hashtag is her success is not my failure. This mm-hmm. is something that we have to change because the mindset that women grow up with as little girls is that competition is bad, right? Yep. We shouldn't compete with other people because we should be nice. And nice little girls don't want to see people fail. Nice little girls want to win, but we don't want to do it at the expense of somebody else. So automatically it's been ingrained in us to think that our winning means somebody else has to lose. And because we're not allowed to be competitive, quote unquote, allowed to be competitive, instead, those feelings sort of, they are latent inside of us and they turn into fear, they turn into jealousy, and they turn into insecurity. Mm-hmm. Anytime we hinder anyone's emotions, it will automatically turn into something else. And what that turns into is dependent on the emotion. But when it comes to competition, we automatically feel the opposite of that, right? And so that feeling of insecurity and failure is because we're not allowed to experience certain things that a male, for example, is allowed to from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that answer your question? Yeah, I mean, for the a most part. <laughs> I think I want to talk more about why. I mean, yes, I think it is a lot to do with how we're brought up. And it has a lot to do with the things that, you know, your mama told you growing up. But how do we kind of get rid of that as an adult? Like we are working in our job, whether we own our own business, or maybe we go to a full time job, and we come home and we work. But I think sometimes our gut reaction when we see other women succeeding is immediately we want them to not (laughs) instead of like lifting them up and congratulating them we instead innately just like get this icky feeling inside of us and like or why didn't we think of that or I could do that better or something so one of the first things that I would say to all of this you guys is a lot this work is ours to do right and you guys know that but the very first thing is be aware of when that feeling comes up for you acknowledge Mm -hmm. it because what we do is we push it away and we push it down and when we push it down we can't deal with it so the fact that you're saying that out loud means you're acknowledging it and every Mm -hmm. time that emotion starts to come up for you or that feeling acknowledge it and ask yourself why right that's the very first thing but another thing to really consider for yourself is who is the tribe that you're surrounding yourself with you have to be able to be around strong women and that means seeking them out and seeking them out to be a part of your community in whatever way makes sense for you but I think also as women we're afraid of other strong women Mm -hmm. we don't really want them in our circle and because we're not used to being around them it throws us off and it makes us feel jealous and insecure when we do encounter a strong woman. So the more you're around that, the more you surround yourself with that and get used to it, the easier it is and the less likely it is that you'll want to see other women fail. Am I saying to you that it's never, ever going to happen again? Absolutely not. I still from time to time catch myself and I'm like, fuck, Mm -hmm. I didn't mean to think I wanted her to fail, but I kind of want her to let something wrong right now (laughs) because we're human, right? The difference is that I catch myself and I know that it's happening and I know that that's coming from my own insecurity and that that really doesn't have anything to do with that other woman. Yeah. Well, I think it's super important to recognize this as small business owners 
entrepreneurs, as women who work from home, because it is so easy when we're by ourselves in our office to tell ourselves this own narrative and this own reason why she did this thing. And it's always negative. It's very, very hard to see the positive spin on why something is happening. And when we're in our own little desk, in our own little world, we just tell ourselves these stories. And so I think it's super important to not only surround yourself with people who get it, but also openly talk about those things, ask the hard questions, have the hard conversations, set the tone in your own tribe, in your own community, and find other communities that also support that so you don't fall into that hole because it is so easy to put yourself there. No, I think you're absolutely right about that. And just to add to that, another really important thing to keep in mind when you work from home is to get your ass out of the house. Yes. Be around other people because it's like anything, you guys. When we sit here by ourselves, we have too much time to think. When we think, it sometimes goes to a really fucking bad place. So we need to get ourselves out of our space, go somewhere public. I don't care where you live. You know, there's a cafe that you can go to. I don't care if it's the library, but get out of your own head, you know, because again, it's that safety zone that we need to step out of. Yep. So I think sometimes, I mean, I do think most of the time these negative thoughts stay in our head. They stay in our bubble. Occasionally they end up, you know, on that phone call with your BFF, you start venting about these things that are going on. But sometimes some women, I'm not saying it's you, but some women go out and they take this negative energy and they criticize in a very public way these people. So if you're the woman who's getting the criticism, the one that's getting the negative emails or the negative comments on social media, how would you suggest you take that and either do you talk back? What is the reaction that we should start to try to have? I think when you experience that, specifically if it's something, let's say it's an email, a negative email that you get, I think oftentimes the automatic response from women is, I just am not even going to acknowledge that, right? That's what we say. I'm just not even going to go there. I'm not going to waste my time. More times than not, my reaction and my response to that is to say, no, you should acknowledge that because you have the right to stand up for yourself. And when somebody is sending you an email that may be really negative and also possibly not true, that to me is a form of bullying. So we all have to learn how to communicate with one another. And that's a really big part of what, you know, this podcast today is about is really how women communicate with one another because that shit is bullying and it's not acceptable. And you, whomever you are as the receiver of that, do not and should not stand by and take that, right? Now there's a way that you responsibly and respectfully respond, but you have the right to respond. And I think that is a platform that most of us choose not to take. Can you go over some of those ways, actual wordage and lingo of how to respond to something like that? So the very first thing you want to do is acknowledge facts first. Take the emotion out of it. So again, something to consider is do not email them right back because that is going to be emotion fueled. It's going to be angry. There's probably going to be ugly tears coming down your face. The shit's not going to be good. Let it sit for a bit, whether that means 24 hours or 24 days, whatever you need. Okay, 24 days is too long, but a reasonable amount of time for yourself can Consider the fact. What is this person actually trying to get across to me? Are they really just calling me an asshole? Most times people are not just doing that. Sometimes they are and they're just assholes, right? Most times they have a mission and a reason for responding the way they did. So look for the facts and what it is first and tackle that. You know, thank you for your email. If they were really assholey, you do not have to thank them. (laughs) This is what I'm getting and repeat to them back what you think you understand from them. This is all the shit you said. This is how I understand it. If that's Mm -hmm. true, then I would just like to respond 
respond to this part of your email. You know, Mm -hmm. in fact, this is not true. And this is like answer what it is that they're asking for without the emotion. So deal solely in facts. You do Mm -hmm. not want to respond back with emotion and say, you know what? I don't appreciate that you X, 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 X. They don't give a shit. And that's Mm -hmm. just going to cause a, it's going to cause a feud that you don't have the energy for, but stand up for yourself. Okay. So the very first thing is dealing with What were you going to say, Abby? No, I just, this scares me. This is the kind of thing that I would not do because it's scary. And because a lot of times I don't know that person. And a lot of it is because I think especially the emails, they will use like the weirdest, like nondescript email. So you don't necessarily know their name, where they're from, who they are. And so to you, it just doesn't necessarily feel real. I think it gets a little more real when it's on social media or on, you know, like a Facebook group or something. And you can see the person like all of a sudden they are a person but that email still sometimes it doesn't feel like a person is there so the idea of responding makes me uncomfortable and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are like "Uh uh-uh nope nope I'm not doing it good ideas but nope so let me ask you this what are you afraid of why is that scary I think a lot of it comes down to not wanting to deal with a response back to my response. Mm -hmm. Like, are they going to be negative again? And like, is this going to end up in, you know, the sixth grade fight on the playground kind of deal? Or are we going to be who, what? Who decides if it ends up in that? I mean, I guess ultimately... I do. Like, I mean, you have to be the bigger person, play the bigger card, but it just seems like, I mean, it's definitely a challenge. So I guess how would you dispute things that aren't fact without making it emotional? How do you like, what are there specific words I could use to make this job a little bit easier. Well, I think the first thing is that's why you're giving yourself time, right? That's why you're not (laughs) responding back right away because your very first job is to read that email and understand what they're getting at. And that's sort of getting on the inside of a person's mind, right? That's really understanding what's at the crux of their email as best you can without knowing that person. I can't say exactly what word you should use, but I can tell you what to avoid and that's blame. That's name calling. Mm -hmm. That's the sixth grade stuff that you have control over, right? Like you are merely dealing in facts. They, they, quote unquote, may think that you're not delivering on what you promised. Your job is to discuss how you are delivering on what you're promised. You are not going to deal with the other shit in the email. That's the part that you don't have to tackle. You're only dealing with fact, right? And if you're only dealing with fact, you're taking the personal out of it. And if you're taking the personal out of it, there's nothing to be afraid of. It's just fact to fact. There's no dispute in that. It's the truth. And when you're dealing with truth, there doesn't have to be emotion because the emotion is something that you're adding to it. So by giving yourself that space, dealing only with the facts, that will make it that much easier, right? You're always communicating with another person, whether you know who that person is or not. And part of communicating with anyone is positive intent. Mm -hmm. So you're assuming you're going into writing this email, not highly emotionally charged, but instead with positive intent saying, this is the way this person has been programmed to communicate. It doesn't mean that I have to react back to them. I do Mm -hmm. want to respond respectfully, assuming that they actually had positive intent when they sent this. That is the hardest thing for me to do. Yeah. It's yeah. hard for a lot of us to do. Well, mm-hmm. and I will say there's been a few instances. So I have I have this one email in my mind and this particular email, like there was just no 
reason for it. Like they weren't complaining about a product they had purchased. It wasn't it wasn't rooted in any sort of exchange other than they were just annoyed in general with my existence. So Mm -hmm. I felt defenseless in a way. And it's like, what fact do I call upon? Where Mm -hmm. in in other instances, there has been a few times, just a handful, where we've been critiqued on the products we sell. And I do think Mm -hmm. in that instance, we have responded and have been really gracious. And this is definitely the point where I think Emily gets super hyped up and like, (laughs) tries not to come out yelling and screaming and I'm like yep. the night like I read her emails before they leave our inbox. Yes. And 100% double check she the does. niceness. <laughs> they must be approved by my desk before they mm-hmm. leave. And I do think we've gotten better at taking them. Wanna learn exactly step by step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. 
After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. But for someone who's maybe new to this, after they've gotten their criticism, whether it's from a purchase or not, it's come to their inbox, they've responded. How do they actually learn from it? How do they actually take something out of it and be better so that maybe they can avoid this in the future? So two things I want to respond to there is one, if somebody is emailing you and there is absolutely no fact, and to your point, somebody just hates that you exist in the world, well, number one, fuck them. Number two, (laughs) and this is just the reality, right, you guys, because sometimes we're going to deal with that. And as much as I'm like, oh, do the right thing and respond, when somebody is just being an asshole, you have every right not to fucking respond. Not only do you have a right to not respond, but I also want you to consider this. Nobody can make you feel any way. You allow them to. Do not give them that power. And the only way you can take that power back is by, again, acknowledging what just happened, acknowledging how fucking uncomfortable it was, because it was Mm -hmm. when somebody basically Mm -hmm. says, I hate that you exist, right? Mm -hmm. Acknowledge it and say, but I'm not going to give that power to them. And I know that sounds cheesy and it sounds hippie and you have to forgive me because I'm a yoga teacher, but I truly believe that what you say out into the universe becomes your reality. Say that shit out loud. I am not going to give this person my power, Mm -hmm. you know, because there are going to be people like that. And I consider them bullies and I consider them assholes and you do not have to respond to them. So permission granted to know that those are two different conversations, right? (laughs) So that's the first thing. But secondly, how does the person and learn from it once they respond to an email like that. Again, if you're that person that's receiving the email, consider the fact, what was that person trying to get across from me? Did it have something to do with the product that I delivered and it maybe not being what they expected? Then how can I be more clear on my deliverables? Mm-hmm right? And I, I feel like I'm, truth be told, super guilty of this. If you ask me what you're going to get, I'm like, you're going to get awesome. I don't know. That, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just, that's exactly I'm us. I'm not great at that, right? And so you mm-hmm. have to know that when that is your way of communicating out into the world, you're going to have to learn the hard lessons that people need deliverables. And it's your job and my job to learn the lessons, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. to, once the emotion is removed and once you respond, you automatically, I find, feel a lot more powerful, right? Mm-hmm. And in that power, you can really dig a little bit deeper into what they were trying to get across and action it. So if you weren't clear and they didn't get what they expected, what can I do differently to make sure that that doesn't happen again? That's when you take action, right? That has nothing to do with that person. And that's when you thank that person in your head and in your heart and you move on and you create change, hopefully in the direction in which you were moving anyway. Yep. But you know, we all have to build a tough skin. When you have a public business and profile, as we all do, and knock on wood, you'll become more and more successful. You've just got to get used to this shit. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to love you. Not everybody's going to love me. A lot of people don't love mm-hmm. me and that's okay. But that's the kind of stuff we just have to get used to. So I want to talk for a second. I am full heartedly fine. There are going to be people who are just not our people. We are not for you. That's fine. I get that. But And I know we keep going back to this particular email and people are probably like, just read the damn email. But (laughs) a piece that I want to pull out of it is when someone says, hey, you guys curse too much for my liking. Hey, you guys, you know, your pictures are too bright. Like literally whatever. That's fine. Not your style. I can move on for that. But when we were criticized for being women and we held our girlness, because it was literally called out as girlness was held against us. 
that starts to take a whole nother level of digging into someone. And so there is an aspect of, yes, that person's an asshole. I'm just going to ignore it. And I don't want that energy. But there is a piece of like, no, fuck this. Like I'm a woman. You don't get to call me names. You don't get to use my girlness against me. I own girlness every single day. I don't find that an offensive word. And here's why. How do we kind of like have some more social movements that are bigger than us and have those conversations without like having a stroke. Yeah, without getting all crazy and shit. So the very first thing is talking about it publicly, right? Taking a stance about it. I write a lot on Instagram about how women treat other women, right? And so that's a stance that I've chosen to take. You have to use whichever platform makes sense to you. Now, maybe for some people, they're like, Cindy, what are you talking about that for? You're coaching me on my business. That's not, don't worry about how I feel about other women, but you have to decide in which ways it's appropriate for you to take a stance on that. The other thing is how can you use an email that may have come to you that said things like this to prove a point? I'm not saying you have to copy paste that whole email and send it out to everyone who follows you, though I've seen people do shit like that. I think again, that's another form of shaming and I think it's inappropriate, but you know, it is what it is. But I do think that there are clips or snippets that you can take out of that email and you can use them as proof. The reason I say use them as proof is because I think a lot of times, and this is me just assuming positive intent, though the woman whose message that to you was a bit of an asshole because I did read that email. I do think a lot of times that we don't always know when we're misbehaving or saying shit that's rude. So by you calling it out is like, this is an example of what I'm talking about. We always talk about things and it's like, well, this could happen or this should happen. This is you taking a stand and saying, this did happen. This is exactly what somebody said to us. And this is what our thoughts are about this kind of language, which is not just about demeaning us. It's about demeaning women everywhere. So it's taking a stand Mm -hmm. and using your platform to take that stand. I like it. And I think part of it that I want to kind of talk about, and I think it depends on who you're talking to, because some people will take, you know, for instance, lady boss, and they'll be like, oh my gosh, like, don't call me lady boss. Like, don't call me, you're basically saying, don't call me a woman, because by being a woman, I'm now less than. But in this instance, they're like, well, you're a little girl mm-hmm. instead of a woman because of blah, blah, blah. And regardless, girl, woman, not whatever. I think these titles, all of a sudden, they're been rampant on the internet mm-hmm. lately where people are like, is having nicknames for women, like, are they positive? Are they negative? Are they hurting us? Are they making things better? And I mean, me personally, I kind of like to own Lady Boss or, or not just Lady Boss in general, but Girl Boss, whatever. Like, I don't mind it because I'm owning the fact that I'm a woman and I am comfortable in that. And in fact, I think it makes me stronger because of all these things. And so how do you think other women can take those titles and take a stand on them in a more public way and be able to communicate how they feel about certain things? Mm -hmm. So do you mean using the term lady boss, for example? Well, yeah, sure. Like if they call themselves out as such. Mm -hmm. Girl boss, fempreneur. Anything spun to yeah. female, I think, yeah. is is what's so brought up a lot. I think sometimes lately they've been getting backlash for using the terms about their own business. And so how do they, if they're okay with it, how do they communicate why? And if they're not okay with it, how do you communicate to someone else you're not okay with it without being offensive? Yeah. Well, two things. One, and again, almost everything I say is going to come back to communication. <laughs> if you really believe in that term lady boss, girl boss, whatever it is, fempreneur, whatever the word of the day is, take a stand for that. 
own that shit. Like mm-hmm. own it on everything mm-hmm. that you do and then tell your people why you're owning it. Yep. Right? Give I have them- a copy and pasted explanation of why we own those that I post on every Beautiful. single thread every single time because that's where our stance is. And that's it, right? Like take a second. I don't personally use the term mm-hmm. lady boss. I used to when I just stopped because I'm like, well, I'm almost 40. So at some point I feel like it's just... <laughs> Doesn't describe who I am anymore because I'm a middle-aged woman. lady boss. Hey, 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 hey. I am <laughs> sorry, not middle-aged. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Can you fucking believe you guys listening to this that she just called my ass middle-aged? That's <laughs> fucked up. Okay, but here's the thing. You know, I think whatever whatever terminology you want to use, again, positive intent. Assume that nobody's trying to put you down. So that's the first thing when it comes to how you respond to somebody else using it. If you're the person using it, then own it and explain it. Mm-hmm. Have a stance on it. Again, you have to be mindful when you have an opinion. Not everyone's going to agree. That's yep. not your problem. Your problem, which isn't really a problem at all, is to just have a stance and stand yep. for it. Yeah, to give some examples for listeners out there who who might be okay with those phrases of what I actually say is I have, I love the terms. If you want to use them, use the terms. Because part of me is like, quit fucking getting built up around these terms. Use them, don't use them, don't really care. It's not going to make or break your business. If you don't like them, move on. If you love them, hang out with those people. Awesome. So the first is just not have a big deal about it. But when I see people complaining about the phrase in the sense of, I don't use it because my male colleagues will not take me as serious. I don't use it because it's unprofessional to say girl boss. I don't use it for those particular, that's when it bothers me. And that's when I copy and paste that stance of there is nothing more serious than being a woman, a girl, a lady, whatever you want to be called. It does not put me down a notch if I choose to use that phrase or any other phrase. And that's why I own it. And so I think if it's disliked because it's, you feel like it won't be taken seriously by other people, that's when you really need to look at your thoughts around that phrase. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of goes back to this, this thing that happened in college. At one point, my now husband used to call me a feminist all the time. Like, he's like, you're such a feminist, blah, blah, blah. And I used to get super offended. I was like, just because I believe women are amazing doesn't make me a feminist. And then at some point, I just had to own it. Actually, I am a feminist. And I think women should rule the world. But that's a whole nother point. But I think in that instance, even though he's my spouse, I was still being attacked for being a woman and believing other women could do amazing things. And I think that's bullshit. Like (laughs) I should be able to, in my own home, be able to own the fact that I'm a woman without any sort of negative backlash. And it took like a legit conversation with him and be like, dude, just because I'm a woman doesn't mean you can treat me any different than anyone else. And I think it took me many years to be confident enough, even though like, obviously, I talked to him about everything, like we're married, but it was hard having that conversation. Because I mean, it just is like these negative things that come up, these things that really like eat at our soul or eat at our heart or make us sick to our stomach. Sometimes they just have to be talked about out loud and you can't hold it in. You have to talk about it. I don't care what it is that's bothering you, but I guarantee you if you've gotten this far into the podcast, (laughs) there is something in your gut that you're holding on to and you need to let it out. Can I respond to that? Sure. 
So I think we really have to accept this truth. People are going to judge us, right? Mm -hmm. And you can say all day long, you being anyone, right, that people don't have the right to feel the way they do, or I shouldn't be ashamed in my own home, or whatever things go through our mind. Those are our stories. And again, I will come back to this, Abby. Nobody can make you feel anyway. That's, yeah. This, you know, I would love to blame the other for every issue that we as women have, but at some point we got to own this shit ourselves. We have created a lot of this ourselves. Not all of it, obviously, but when you don't want to stand up, now again, Abby, I'm using you as an example, but I mean everyone, when we don't want to stand up for being a feminist, well, what is the message that we're sending? Yeah. You know, when we don't want to be called lady boss because of what others, what somebody else is going to think about it, what is the message that we are sending? Yep. We're not conscious of the messages that we're receiving, but we as women perpetuate them, you know, and we don't mm-hmm. always want to own that because it's really easy to blame the husbands and the others. We oh, have yeah. got to own that shit ourselves. What are we doing? You know, Mm -hmm. how are we perpetuating this crazy shit? And the number one thing that we're doing is not communicating properly, not Mm -hmm. communicating our actual intentions, our actual gut reactions, because we're too fucking busy trying to be nice. We're too busy trying to say the right thing and to not offend people. And sometimes you're going to offend people. Sometimes that person you're going to offend is your mother, your father, your aunt, your husband, your spouse, your fucking cat. But somebody's (laughs) going to be offended and you just have to know that that's part of the gig, but you've got to take a stand for who you are and don't give that power to somebody else. I think cats are offended all the time. You know what? They <laughs> certainly are. My, I mean, I show pictures of them and it's creepy, but no, they fucking hate me, but that's a whole other story. You get what I'm saying here. Like, you yeah. know, No, I totally do. And in fact, I feel like this ties into something you brought up recently, the should. Can you talk about should? Yeah. So should is awesome. There is this Buddhist philosophy around it. It's something that somebody says to me often is you, you don't should on yourself. Don't mm-hmm. shit on yourself, but don't should on yourself. And the the idea is that once we use the word should in conversation, you should behave a certain way or you should not, we have taken the power away from the person we're talking to. None of us want to be told what we should do. Even though I like direction, I don't want you to tell me what the fuck I should do. I want to own that myself. So there are different ways of communicating with folks without telling them what they should do. And I think given the platforms that we have as quote unquote experts, whatever that means, we often feel like our job is to tell people what they should do. Our job is not to tell people what they should do. Our jobs are to have a stance, believe in it, talk about how we made that reality for ourselves and suggest things for other people slash recommend them and they can do whatever the fuck they want. But remember by using that word should, and I have to catch myself often as well, by using that word, you've taken the power away from the other person to make the decision on their own or to come to the conclusion on their own. So it's just being mindful of the language that we use from a day to day, specifically that word should. Well, and I think it also ties in hand with teaching where I know you have students, we obviously have students and and in that sense of teaching strategy and teaching business lessons and action steps and whatever, even throughout this podcast, listen, y'all can take this and do stuff with it or you can't or you won't or you won't. It doesn't matter. This is what's worked for us. And I see time and time again, people wanting this magic formula or this magic pill, no matter what it is about of, okay, but what do you think I should do? Because that will mean success. And time Time and time again, we're jumping into the Facebook group or we're responding to a comment and we're like, babe, take a deep breath. You are not going to make a wrong decision. Weigh the options and pick which one you think you want to go into. And that's with anything. 
And I think it directly ties into when people are asking for help. I think we have a tendency to say you should do blah, blah, blah. And it's just our gut reaction. And so instead of saying you should, it should be, in my experience, this has worked really well for us. And, you know, it's hard because as a marketer, I understand how much easier and how much better it sells by using the word you, like instead of saying I blah, blah, Mm -hmm. by using you and putting you in this scenario, you relate to it more. But I have to be careful, like that is a responsibility that I'm taking. And so don't tell people what to do. Don't say they should be a certain way, but give them a roadmap and whether they choose to follow it or not is up Mm -hmm. to them. Yeah. And I think, you know, a simple fix, this isn't always applicable, but sometimes it is, is to replace the word should with could. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you could yep. do so-and-so, you know, it's not about should, you it's could. about could. You could do it. You yeah. also could not do it. Again, you're giving the power to them. The option is theirs. Something else that just came up for me, Abby, as you were talking was this idea of people wanting answers, right? When we pay someone, we want to know what the deliverable is. And I think mm-hmm. for certain industries, in particular coaching, it's very hard to communicate the deliverables in a cut and dry way, right? Because mm-hmm. they are going to be so different for each person that receives it. So our jobs are to really set the expectations as best we can without telling people what they should do. This is what you, you know, this is what can happen. This is what you could do, but it's not about what is 100%. Yep, and like that's that. about the setting the expectations part of it. And that's our responsibility. <sighs> So much good dirt here, guys. So before we get into the strategy section, because we're almost there, but I would love for you to cover really quickly ideas or tips of what people could do in dealing with receiving or necessarily giving positive and constructive feedback, both on social media through email, in a blog comment, on Facebook. It doesn't matter. Anything from this wasn't helpful to you had a spelling error, to anything, what is a good way that we can turn around and present that feedback to someone in a positive way? So the very first thing that I would say is take a deep breath, right? So give yourself that space and however long you need to respond without emotion and then go into fact. Fact is what you're responding to. You have to decide and take a stand for yourself on whether or not you're going to respond to things that aren't factual. If you actually made a spelling error, and I am the queen of them, and I am so lucky to have an audience that will call me on it. And they're not assholes when they do it. They'll discreetly do it, but they call me on it, and I thank them, and I am incredibly grateful for them. Because we need those people. We're human beings, right? So the first thing you have to do is, again, take the emotion out of it. What is the fact? Deal and respond to the fact, and that's it. Yeah, I think that's the biggest part of it is just dealing with the facts. More times than not, our gut reaction is to go all emotional and go all shitball crazy and it doesn't help. So deal with the facts. And if you can extract them, and if you can extract facts and the person is indeed being a jerk off, feel free to not respond. Well, and I think when doing this, one of the things I've seen where it still feels like a slap in the face is if you are so specific, where I feel like at one point, someone was like, well, I'm unhappy with the product. And on your sales page, quote, you say da 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 da. Like, don't be offensive. Like, they know <laughs> what they wrote. So you don't need to throw facts in their face. Like, you still have to do it in a way that's constructive and mindful. Mm-hmm. I will 
say, I don't think it's throwing facts in anyone's face. And I also don't necessarily have a problem with saying on your sales page, you said XXX because oh, I don't know see, about you. I don't like well, that. Well, let me, let me explain. I write a lot of shit. Okay. I may not even remember what I wrote on my, I just write right. a lot of stuff and I also don't remember everything that I wrote. So I in no way take offense to it. But again, that's a choice, Abby, right? Like mm-hmm. what we get offended yeah. by, it's a choice. So you can either read that as like this person being an asshole and they're throwing it in my face or this person is only repeating what she understood. So again, right. that's your responsibility. How you receive it is also your responsibility. And, and all of I this- I think I just need to not ever check my email again. No. <laughs> hire someone to filter my email. I think that's what we've and learned s- today. <laughs> yeah, you know, but this is a learning, you guys. Like for all of us, this, and it's a constant practice. There's no right or yeah. wrong, but we have to take accountability for ourselves. And there's only so far it's going to get us when we continue to blame other people for the way we respond and react to things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and again, it comes back to positive intent. Like, how are you reading what they're saying? Is that really what they're saying? Right. Or is that how you're receiving what they're saying? Well, and I think recognizing too, I have been told many of times, I know this is true about myself, that how things come across often are come across rude the first time or come across very put offish the first time until someone gets to know me. So I have to remind myself of that fact Every single day, if someone is coming back and I, I'm jumping to that defensive, but I'm like, okay, I've gotten this feedback before. Let me like try to, you know, say this in a different way. And that is exactly why Abigail reads my emails before they get put out. Because she of- just tends to be short, yes. which, and if you don't know Emily, that's just how she deals with life. So that just, and that's fine. But consider this. And I know I've done this with friends before because I don't have a business partner. If you know that that's your tendency... I love what you guys are doing. Have somebody else read your email first. Yes. There's two girlfriends that I trust actually to read them without like making any kind of judgments. And I will have, if there's something that's heavy that I need them to go over, I'll give it to them and say, what do you think about this response? They're going to yep. take the Cindy out of it. They're going to extract the, you know, the, the part of me that's really direct or in this case, the Emily out of it. Mm-hmm. And they're going to help you refine that. So use the help of somebody else. Yep. You know, to respond. I've had many a friends read emails. Yeah. Mostly to yeah, just like storybooks and I like over explain and I I call out other things. It's just yeah. Uh Just recognize that about yourself and I think it's a big yeah it's a big adult thing to do. (laughs) Well and I think I'm to my own it's not a fault, but just I'm the opposite where I tend to when I respond back, whether it's me initializing it or it's a response I tend to over explain and apologize and to, you know, go above so much so that it's awkward. Uh Like it's just awkward. And so I have to catch myself like, do I really need to say the seven sentences (laughs) about this one thing? Uh Or can I just simplify? So I think having someone in your corner to really balance you out there is super helpful. Yep. Love it. As you were chatting, I was like, okay, what are the three things that I would always recommend when you get an email like this or in your response to them? One of them is, again, stick to the facts. Two of them is don't say sorry unless you mean it. And number three is what do you want to achieve with this email? And this is in your response, right? You get this negative email, you're going to respond to the facts, not the emotion, right? Unless you're sorry, don't say it. Because again, Mm -hmm. as women, our gut reaction is, I'm so sorry for X. Are you sorry? Did you do anything wrong? Right. So be mindful of that. And then be clear about what you want to achieve by responding to them. Yep. 
right? I'm writing those down. I love them so much. And I think if you can use that as a guideline that will help to respond to these emails. And I hope, by the way, that the listeners are getting these emails because if you're at a point in your business where you're getting hateful emails, that just means you've arrived. <laughs> and I hate, I hate, I know we don't like to see it that way, but honestly, somebody <laughs> gives a shit. They get, they care too much, but somebody <laughs> gives a shit. And again, if that's what you have to have in your mind to realize that this is not the worst thing in the world, it means you've arrived. Yep. Somebody's watching. Yep. Well, I want to jump really quickly into our next segment, talk strategy to me. So we've talked a lot today about criticism and competition and, you know, defining what a woman is and all of these things. And if you were to just, I think we should go back to the beginning because I think we spent less time there. If someone is really feeling hateful towards (laughs) another woman and whether they're verbal about it or not, what can they do about it to start to handle it in an appropriate way and really take away and start today on just being a better person? So the first thing you want to do is ask yourself why you're feeling the way you do. We feel that shit come up. So that's the being conscious part of it, right? Like be conscious of when you feel that and allow yourself to feel it. And when you do, ask yourself out loud or in your head if you're in a group so you don't come across as a creep. why am I feeling this way? Because just by consciously asking yourself that question, you're bringing awareness to this thing that we try to hide, you know, and then it creates shame. And when shame is there, like, again, that's when feelings start to get buried. So remove the shame, ask yourself why. That's the very first thing. The second thing to consider is who are you surrounding yourself with? And if you're not surrounding yourself with strong women, again, this is the work you have to do for yourself. Ask yourself why. And I do not, and I will repeat, I do not want to hear anybody say because I don't know it. Yeah. Find them. Find them. They exist. They're everywhere. They are everywhere, right? Like you have to make the choice for yourself to surround yourself with strong women. And that in itself, being around women who have opinions and who give a shit about things helps you to not feel as though you are less than, you know, because you're in that circle. We create this wall of other when we feel like we're not a part of it, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm on the outside looking in at strong women, I can think of all the reasons I want them to fail and fuck up because they're different than me. But when Mm -hmm. I'm on the inside, then we are all the same and I don't want to see you fail. I want to see you thrive and succeed. So good, Cindy. (laughs) Seriously. Well, before we, you know, say goodbye and cry in the corner, (laughs) I want to know where can people find you online? Yeah. So they can find me just about anywhere online if they Google me. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Just anywhere. So you can find me at cindyspiegel.com or thecollectiveofus.com. And if you're on Instagram, that's where I tend to hang out every day. I am at Cindy Spiegel. So the Collective of Us just opened up, right? The Collective of Us did just open up. We only open twice a year. And the Collective of Us is an incubator and an accelerator for women small business owners. Yeah, and that's open now. Awesome. Well, we will pop the direct links to all of that goodness in the show notes so y'all can know exactly where to go to see all of Cindy's amazingness. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on today and dropping some truth bombs. Oh, thank you, guys. It was my pleasure. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. 
Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.